Hi guys, today Paul Perez and I of the Prove and Have Fun podcast are going to discuss close encounters of the fifth kind. This is uh, kind of a second episode, a revisiting of our UFOs episode, if you heard that a few weeks back. So, stay tuned. Welcome to the Reseller Niche Podcast. A show for e-commerce buyers and sellers where we investigate unique items being bought and sold and show you how research equals knowledge equals profit. Howdy, folks. Welcome back to the Reselling Niche Podcast. I'm here with my main man, Paul. How's it going, Paul? Hey, what's up, Mo? Happy Tuesday. And uh, in the Northeast, uh, it's cold. The sun is out, thankfully, but it's very cold. It's uh, We're in a little bit of a cold spell. It's like 35 degrees. I don't know how that is in Celsius, but it's cold, you know? Yeah. I mean, has the snow. I mean, that's a little bit warmer than snow weather. But uh, Oh, it is. Like I, I think that the snow may be behind us with spring being a couple of weeks away. Yeah. I hope that the you know that the snow is behind us definitely. Awesome, awesome. And before we start, I want to if you could just let everyone know how they can find you and all your contents. Definitely. Uh, my name is Paul. Uh, you can find my content at improveandhavefun.com. The latest episode I interview a young man from the Bronx, which is more in the northeast New York City around my way and uh, how he is a libertarian, how he's into MGTOW beliefs. And uh, we go back and forth regarding that, definitely. You can find that on my blog at improveandhavefun.com. Awesome, awesome, awesomeness. And so today's topic is kind of a semi-extension off our previous episode, what, two weeks ago, I believe. Yes. And we kind of talked in general about kind of UFOs and life other than on Earth and that type of thing. So... Part of it, and it was at the time I hadn't watched this, was based on a documentary, or a lot of the info we got was based on a documentary called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Yes. So did you want to kind of give everyone a synopsis of the feel? There's a lot to take in there. Of course. And uh, let me go ahead and give you the synopsis here. Uh, I'm sorry, just bear with me one moment no already. I really enjoyed this one because I was expecting, because at the time we did the last show, um, I had, I'd had i seen like a minute or two of this because I thought it was a podcast. And when I went to play it, it said, wait, no, this is an actual show. It's a TV show, a, a movie, a documentary. So I have watched it now. So whenever you're ready. Docu- uh, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, a uh, documentary released last year, 2020, is a documentary in which whistleblowers and experts claim to bring viewers face to face with extraterrestrial visitors and their message for humanity. And it's mostly hosted by Dr. Stephen M. Greer, narrated by Jeremy Piven from uh, what was that show on HBO? Oh, it was. Um, oh, it's that Mark Wahlberg show. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, Entourage. He's uh, Ari and Entourage, and he's the one who narrates yeah. this documentary. Yeah, absolutely. And then the funny thing, before we get into it, I wanted to pick this. My, I got to say, when I first thought about this topic, I thought, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, with their tin hats on and the tin foil, and they're 
kind of a lot of there's a lot of theories and things thrown out there. So when uh, Paul first said, you know what, this is documentary, we need to check this out. I was thinking it would be kind of maybe some of like some of the things I've seen in the past, which weren't really based in anything other than maybe what they thought as opposed to science and real facts and real video footage. This one, I'm even looking at rottentomatoes.com. It's scoring in the nineties here. Uh, well, the, the, here's the funny thing. The audience meter is 82. Tomato meter is 17%. So um, I think that's a good thing, having a low tomato meter. So I, I know I'm getting off topic here, but the point to this was a lot of people liked this and they thought it was a good documentary. So I guess what I'd like to start with is, like I always say, before you watched this, before you knew about this, I know you've seen this before, what were your thoughts on um, close encounters in general or this documentary going into it before you did, even watched it. Well, uh, hey, what's up, January House? Thank you for being in the building, definitely. And uh, similar to what I told you before, uh, Mo, uh, like in our last episode, like to think that we're alone on this universe is is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? And the more and more time passes, um, there's more and more like uh, uh, things being admitted by the government, no. uh, things being found, like because of, you know, maybe our technology uh, no. improving in terms of there being other life or even some semblance of it on other planets uh, in our atmosphere or visitors that we've had coming uh, to our planet. Uh, no. the, the, you know, the government's admitted this uh, in 2020 as well, in 2017. So, uh, that just went ahead and fueled my interest a little bit more. And also uh, UFOs, you know, I've been a lifelong fan. Like I guess in movies, like I told you before, Mo, have influenced us and Star Wars and Star Trek and being a fan of aliens and all these kinds of things as a kid uh, just definitely goes ahead and fuels that interest. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And then obviously just from the title alone, you think of, you know, the Spielberg movie. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which is actually a good movie. If you haven't checked it out, I would highly recommend it. I I thought the ending was interesting. I won't blow that for you guys, but um, the the preview for this, when you watch it on Amazon Prime, it it really kind of hit. It starts straight off with showing like politicians. I think it has like Trump right there. Has a little speech he does, and it kind kind of ties in. And I think they're really trying to hit home that, you know what, this is not just something you see in the movies anymore. This isn't something that people are really talking about. You can't try and tell us, like in the past, like we talked about last time, how they tried to kind of undercut the idea of UFOs, life on other planets. Um, and, that, and how, you know, was it Project Mockingbird? Uh, I believe they called it. Yes. Um, Project Mockingbird, uh, Operation Paperclip. Yes, continue. No. I'm sorry. No, I was, my point to that was this documentary was showing that, you know what, they're actually taking this seriously. And by they, I mean governments, big business. Uh, I guess people in the media that you would think would be skeptics that aren't. Um, and I guess to tie back into our previous episode, um, they, I, I guess when I say they, um, the people doing the, the podcast that we listened to before, we're talking about how they're looking to have, you know, Congress and, um, you know, different government 
governmental organizations take a look at this and actually, you know, explain some things rather than what they've done in the past. So right here you see, you know, Dr. Greer, he's basically, he's not the narrator, but he's, he's kind of the person that um, is being interviewed the entire documentary long. So his background is kind of interesting. And I, I, what I liked about it is, and I, I know there'll be skeptics out there saying, you know, you can, you can falsify that. They actually had videos kind of going the whole, along the entire way back dating back i believe um, multiple multiple yeah. not even just one they had a ton of different videos and photos yeah. of like uh well the, in terms of this the title alone the title of close encounters of the fifth kind uh the definition of that is humans making active contact with ufos oh that's and, that, actually that's that's an awesome point do you think you could go back into because I know there's, I don't even know if I can remember. Because there's the third kind, the fourth kind, the fifth kind. Exactly. Well, you keep talking, Mo. I'm going to try to find it and I'll, I'll describe yeah, it. I guess close encounters of the, and I'm going to I'm going to butcher this because I, I just, I kind of forgot the order. Basically, one is, I guess, having contact only. And then I believe close encounters of the fifth kind, and Paul's going to get the exact definition for us, um, is basically being able to reach out and have, contact and then whatever contact you have or what, what i mean i'll let him say it. go ahead okay so uh now this is uh, on wikipedia uh close encounters of the fourth kind are a close encounter of the U fourth kind is a ufo event in which a human is abducted by a ufo or its occupants hmm. now this documentary that we saw once again close encounters of the fifth kind the name of the documentary on amazon prime uh, a close encounter of the fifth kind is a UFO event that involves direct communication between aliens and humans. And that's what uh, is like gone into in that's what is in depth in what they go into in depth in this documentary. Definitely with uh, photos and pictures and accounts from people. And then you start to see this and you're like, this is so woo woo. And this is like so out of control. And I'm going to yeah. get more into that as we talk Mo. But like when they're showing you video like from multiple places and they're showing you pictures, not just from one event, like from multiple events over the, over the last like 20 years plus and yeah. like radio broadcasts and also people uh, like uh, what's it called again? The tower uh, in terms of like when the flight control tower, like this one particular event from here and they're tying all these things together. It's like I said, it, it makes a very strong argument. Definitely. It does. And I think the video is, and it's like cell phone footage, a lot of it, because it's a lot of it's in the last 10 years. And a lot of it you would expect, okay, they're going to be talking about, you know, the early 50s and that kind of stuff, where it was kind of these grainy pictures, you know, uh, almost looks like someone took a picture of a flying saucer in their kitchen or something. But it isn't. It was um, like, I believe Dr. Greer's first, when he talked, he goes and talks about his first contact, and I believe that was in the late seventies, I believe, or early. Yeah, 80s. when he was like a boy, when he was yeah. a, a boy or a young man, like a teen, and uh, this is in Charlotte, North Carolina, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And what I kind of found interesting about this is he kind of details what he, it was. It's a lot to do with his. I guess he does uh, heavy meditation, that kind of stuff, and what he was trying to get across is that it was something he actually, he was able to get a message over to whoever he was speaking to and they were, and he was able to actually talk to them and 
in a sense, say, you know, this is how we can contact. And he kind of laid out, this is how we're going to move forward and actually contact you in the future. And so from that first meeting, which was just him, I don't know if it was a couple of years later that he actually had some people with him. And um, so he actually had eyewitnesses. And the whole point of this was that it isn't just random one off. Okay. You know, not verifiable. It was going to be something they could actually quantify. They could detail. They could actually control as opposed to, Oh, I think I see something in the sky. What is that flying around? So that's what I kind of found interesting that he was trying to actually outline kind of a whole directive about how people can continue to do this. I think, and he details how this is what scared, you know, um, I guess governmental organizations the most. Um, the fact that he was actually, you know, showing other people how to do this. So, uh, yeah. He uh, no, he actually Mo, he actually developed a method to go ahead and make contact with these aliens. And it's called uh, and it's it goes into it uh, in the documentary. It's called the CE5 protocol. And it's a uh, like you were saying, Mo, talking about like meditation. He's saying uh, like I'm going to butcher this, but. Basically, like uh, to make contact with them in some maybe way that we're accustomed to as humans, maybe like through radio or like through satellite. Uh, it sometimes it's some, in some way, some form, some fashion doesn't work. Right. But when we meditate, we go into this consciousness where we're available, where we're able to contact these aliens uh, transdimensionally. Yeah. So, and, and that's why he explains, um, See, when he gets into real specifics and like talking to them and this and that's when it kind of gets real woo woo to me, like because this feels like projecting. It feels it feels like I'm projecting something that I want to make reality. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and that's where I kind of had a little bit of trouble with it. But then when, like I said, his method and you're seeing all these random events happening, then yeah. it kind of leads you to be like, this guy's onto something because if he was just full of it, then why would he have like so many events to back him up? Like on video and on photo. And then it's not even only him. It's people in other places, like practicing these protocols and then uh, like presenting their own findings. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so he says that when basically that level of meditation, this consciousness and this level of meditation is what allows one to communicate with uh, these UFOs because they're on a different plane themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, and I found that uh, kind of fascinating. But I, I wanted to go more into that. But uh, what were you going to say, Mo? No, no, I, I, I found that I like the way he detailed that. And then it kind of explains why, I guess, any you know government or bigger organization will be fearful of that because one thing they're trying to dampen the whole idea that there's anything out there and on the other hand here's somebody saying well actually it's a relatively basic thing that they're doing he's not sitting there with like a million dollar you know prototype machine that he's built you know working with nasa working with who knows what he's sitting on the top of a hill basically with his knees crossed and he's just in hyper calm meditation and I think that's part of, he goes, he kind of details about how he, um, I don't know if they, how they exchanged, but they were kind of exchanging ideas with whoever he was contacting and how, um, you know, he was helping them and kind of saying, you know, this is maybe how we can do this again. We should do this. And that's kind of where this whole CE5 um, 
comes out of and he, he kind of starts developing that. And then you see that a couple years later. And I think it's in the early 80s. He already starts having video footage. And you see, you know, other people being interviewed. And, I mean, to the skeptic, I guess, if you were to look at the video. And, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if 100% of these are accurate. I think a lot of them are. And so if you're looking at these, I guess you could say, well, you know, they could have doctored this. They could have done. But, I mean, I guess if you're talking about early 80s footage, I mean, anything, it's going to look different than it does now. And I guess anyone can edit a video now, but um, just, I mean, just, I don't know. What did you think about the reactions of the people that he was, uh, the other people, just not just him that were talking? Uh, I thought that's what kind of sold me as well, because the other people, like, I mean, the way this documentary is edited, they seem like skeptics themselves. They seem like us, like, I, I don't believe this. But then they're like, like, but when you're there and then you see, something appear like yeah. in the distance or nearby or there's pictures afterwards yeah. like you know of the event and they like change their minds they, they talk about how it just changed their lives in the sense of like you know like it, it, this makes like this one woman said like you just feel like a drop of water in the ocean because it, it's just kind of like the how like this is kind of like how big the universe can be yeah. or like the possibility of anything that is beyond oneself and beyond this planet and just beyond what you know for whatever number of years of existence you're on this rock called yeah. planet earth it's yeah. just blown because it's kind of like i've been told about this this has been dramatized to me in movies yeah. i've read about this in books i've seen documentaries online but now like seeing this in front of me it is like fascinating totally and that that was the reaction of some of the people that uh that were interviewed in this document a lot of the people that were interviewed in this documentary there's even one gentleman who uh he claims that his hearing that he had hearing issues most of his life and it was healed like by one of these uh ufos you know and, and i was just like and i mean and multiple times when people are giving these accounts they're getting emotionally, like coming to tears. So uh, I, I think it's fascinating. Like I said, unless there's a, another documentary that comes out shooting down these claims and said that this was staged and stuff like that, then I'll be willing and open to see that. But I'll tell you, like, if an opportunity ever became available to go to one of these CE5 events, I would completely do it. Yeah, man, it looks like they're being held all over. Like uh, towards the, the, like the last five minutes, they just it's just clips of different people's cell phone footage from, you know, I'm in Hong Kong, I'm in Tokyo, I'm in Buenos Aires. I mean, you know. People around the world doing this, yeah. absolutely. So, I mean, it's, whether you believe this or not, there's something there. I mean, what, you know, you take what you will, and we're not trying to tell you, to, you know, believe this, that, or the other. But what I've, what I've always thought of, and I actually a lot of the podcasts we talked about before, they kind of alluded to the same thing. Regardless of what you believe, what you don't believe, this, like you said, this universe is so vast and this planet is in comparison tiny. Our solar system is tiny in comparison. And young mobile as Absolutely. well, like compared to like what, like what we've heard and like in this documentary and, and some of the UFO stuff that we were listening to within the last like few weeks, like we're a young planet as well, you know, young in our technology, young in our existence. Yep. 
And then I believe, and I'm going back to the past documentary, I think he put it pretty well um, when he was talking about that cigar-shaped um, object UFO that he saw. You're talking about the the, the podcast with uh, yes. uh, Dr. Avi Loeb uh, exactly. and James Altucher. I think he put it best. He said, well, um, if you're talking about you know 21st century technology, which is probably way behind, you know, if there's other life outside, they're probably light years ahead of us. Um, just seeing that little cigar shaped thing, it could have been nothing, could have been something, but the space that we're looking at is minuscule and we're hoping to get, you know, whole planets and whole, you know, different organizations, whole different um, species come within that little tiny realm within that little tiny window. So um, it's, really early days i would say all of this stuff is like you said we're brand brand smacking new yeah i would i would anyone interested in what we're talking about right now i would definitely implore them to go ahead and go back uh, find most podcast the reseller niche podcast there's a few episodes back and you can hear that episode because we really go into other avenues regarding ufos um but i what i also wanted to talk about in this documentary it's like a two-part documentary it's like i it's like kind of like the first hour it talks about uh dr stephen Greer and his kind of um his history with the government and then uh this other gentleman that's interviewed uh i forget he's a lawyer i'm gonna find his name but he like and i said this in our last ufo podcast but he goes into like a bunch of government cover-up stuff and that part I found fascinating as well, how the government staged like UFO abductions, how the government uh, has paid uh, media. And uh, there's names for these operations. Uh, like I said, uh, Mockingbird, Paperclip. And like uh, there was and there was like a government, like, you know, according to Richard Dottie, according to this gentleman who worked for the government that they went through with like paying off large news organizations like the New York Times to go yeah. ahead and cover up stories or to kind of like falsify stories. Yeah. Um, and like I was mentioning before, the alien abductions done by the government yeah. and people in the government committing suicide because they had this information and like, you know, people were just kind of like shunning them and not wanting to deal with them. Uh, so uh, it's fascinating. Like it's, it's like a ball of yarn that is like unraveled as you're continuing to watch this. Like I said, some parts a little bit woo woo with Dr. Stephen Gray getting so specific. Like I said, I feel like he's projecting sometimes, but then when he's had all these years of experience to build on what he's saying, you don't think he's so FOS full of poo. Exactly. And then I know where, I mean, his, I mean, there are parts, like you said, that like they have him sitting in like this blue room and he's meditating and there's nothing around him. So that kind of, kind of, I felt that kind of got away from his point a little bit. It kind of made it look like it's very out of a you know, Stanley Kubrick movie type thing. But um, because I thought the most, you know, elegant he made was that it was a simple process that he laid out. He, he just happened to be able to be in the right time, right place, and be able to do that. Um, and I think that's actually what he, I mean, the sense I got was that was what people were nervous about, that it wasn't difficult. It wasn't, you know, it didn't take you telescopes and all kinds of scientific equipment to do this. And a second point to go back to your other point about just being able to see things. Like you said, like a lot of the videos we saw, like some of them just look like dots. Some of them look like, you know, circular objects that just 
flashed through the sky and disappeared. And then one description that I thought was interesting was a little sci-fi-ish. She described some kind of a prism or a kind of a triangular object that came out of nowhere. And it looked like they were like over you know, a lake or something like that in the mountains by a lake. And it came out of nowhere and it's like came out and it stopped for like a good couple seconds and just disappeared. Almost like the sense that what she kind of described is like they're trying to see how we would react in a sense and, you know, or, and, and a third point I would say is that the whole idea that, you know, we aren't able to comprehend this kind of stuff and that whatever is out there is dangerous and kind of trying to attack us made no sense. I think a couple of people alluded this to this too. Like if let's just say, you know, like we've seen in the movies that, you know, extraterrestrial life is dangerous. They're coming for us. They want our planet. They want our resources, blah, 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 all that. Don't you think they would have done it already in a sense? Don't, I mean, it would have been something that would have taken place. We'd all be, you know, in cages or whatever, however, whatever movie you want to refer to, um, you know, that type of thing. So I think that was another, I mean, for one thing, I don't think anyone's really looking for us and the people that are, are probably just curious like we are. That's how I would put it. I mean, I mean, and it, it's kind of sad if, uh, I know people, a lot of people will say, well, you know, there's nothing out there. And that's a really sad thought, <laughs> to be honest. Let's just say that's true. I know we're getting off topic a little bit here. But no, no, go for it. Go for it. Let's just say there is nothing out there. Let's go the complete opposite direction. Dr. Greer's made up all this. It's all smoke and mirrors. All of it is made up. It's just us, you know, it's drones, it's, you know, TV, it's movies. Then what? There's nothing out there. There's vast solar system on top of solar system that we know exists. And nothing else, just us. That's a real shame. Um, yeah. I mean, imagine that. Let's just say that was true. What would you? What would your first thought be? I mean, I, I, mean, I, I just push back on that thought because I think that there's still life on this planet that still has not been discovered because we don't have the technology yet. So yeah. I still think that there are life forms, whether they be like in the depths of the ocean that we haven't gotten to or some other microscopic kind of germ or something that is still living that we haven't discovered. Maybe even a species of a particular animal that's deep in the Amazon or, yeah. and then, you know, we are continuing to evolve. Like what if like, you know, there is something that evolves from us. Like, you know, I, you know, of course, getting into conspiracy theory, getting into, let's say the future stuff, you know, I love talking about that. Like yeah. what if we evolve into some kind of new form of being where it's us and machines combined together so that we can go do more and become, you know, go further, go faster, be stronger. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because right. this, uh, and then we're called a new, we're called something else. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, to think that we're alone, I think it's a kind of a closed, uh, a closed, very myopic view of life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. To answer your question though. Yeah. Hi guys, shameless plug section here. We'd love to have you join our reselling group called the Reseller Niche Help Group on Facebook. A lot of great resellers there. Also, if it's possible, if you could leave us a review on Apple 
or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Lastly, you can find these podcasts in video form on YouTube. We'd love to have you join us there so you can see some of the products we go through and then see some of the people we're interviewing. And if you could possibly subscribe, that would be the kicker. Thanks so much for listening. No, absolutely. And I'm 100%. I mean, just your, your point there about the ocean. I mean, I, I read somewhere that we've explored more of space than we have the ocean just because yeah. we don't have the technology to do it. Maybe our immediate space. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there, like you said, there's whenever there's like, I hate to, you know, it's really sad, but whenever you have these giant um, devastation, like earthquakes, tornadoes, all this kind of stuff, it actually un sometimes uncovers stuff that we didn't even know was there. You know, the uh, polar ice caps melting, they're discovering stuff about that. They, you know, whether, you know, good, bad, whatever. Um, like I, I read somewhere the other day that they discovered, um, I think it was in somewhere deep in China and the water level got so low that they discovered an ancient, um, I don't know if it was a Buddhist um, uh, burial ground or, or something. And it was just the tip of it, just the tip of the head. They said it went down another like 50 feet. So all of this, I mean, and, and that's talking about, you know, a group of people that we know, you know, you know, they're human beings. It's not, what if there were like, there was, like you said, something out there, something around us right now that we just can't see yet. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's what this whole CE5 protocol plays into. And that's the reason why uh, Dr. Greer talks about why things come like they, you see them brightly for a second and they fade out mm -hmm. because uh, his explanation uh, in terms of going back to the UFO is when we're in this meditative other kind of conscious state, uh, we can see things in different dimensions. And like, it's kind of like he compares it to like a radio frequency. Like when you're kind of turning the dial on an old school radio yeah. and then you're kind of getting a station and then it kind of, you know, you're kind of like trying to get it perfect, but then yeah. you get static and then you get the station. He gives that as a kind of as a metaphor to the way that we contact these aliens, these UFOs through the CE5 protocol. We're in this deep consciousness. We're seeing them, you know. And also, uh, you were talking about, um, you were just talking about a few minutes ago, uh, in terms of kind of like our our intent. You know what I mean? Like he also talks about, uh, like we have to have like kind of a good intent, uh, like good positive vibes when we're contacting these aliens. Not like be mean or nasty or you know. Um, I mean, you of course could be in amazement. You could be a lot of times in fear for sure. But uh, you kind of share that, you know, you just kind of release that, you know what I'm saying? But we don't, yeah. uh, to be on a kind of a good level, a good vibe, positive vibe when contacting these aliens, because that kind of attracts them, right? Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Mo, you were going to say? No, I was saying, I mean, just on, just on a regular, just the way we go about our daily lives. I mean, if, I mean, Dr. Greer talks about a lot. It, it, intense, I think it was a good word uh, that you used there. Because the idea, let's just say you're in a bad neighborhood or something like that. You're not going to go down that street that's, you know, a dark alley. You're going to go to the one that's lighted, right? It's the same basic thing. Like we have, like you said, we're very, very new. So I think there's a lot to be said for the idea of being evolved. And I don't mean like we're going to, you know, turn green and have giant eyes and all this. No, but like there has to be something said for over time. We've become more intelligent. We've honed certain skills. We've lost certain skills. 
even the way your bodies are shaped. Um, so if we're very, very new, if we're basically tadpoles and other people are looking at us, it's kind of like the way we would look at, say, I don't know, an ant or, uh, I mean, something that you would, we would think of as, okay, that's not very evolved, it's minuscule, what are they doing? So in a sense, why would anybody or any being even kind of even bother yet? So I think it's like you said, it's early days, and it's a lot to do with vision. I, I don't know if this is, um, I believe that I read an article one time about how when the, I think it was, I don't know if it was Columbus or someone came to the U.S., one of the first people that saw him was, there was a, a, it was a Native American, I think it was a shaman, or he was, the, he was the main person in the tribe. And he was looking and he was pointing and he's saying there's a boat on the horizon but nobody around him could see it. Like all of his you know, fellow people, everyone around there, and he was the only one who could see it. And that was, I mean, what they alluded to in the article is that that was just because his thinking was a little bit different than everybody else that he was a little bit more evolved. He could, and he could see the boat on the horizon. He was telling people there's something coming and they had never experienced that. So they didn't know that that was something to look for in a sense. So I think what if that is us? in a sense what if we're like yeah we think oh okay, there's stuff out there but what if we don't know it's not actually like you said out there maybe it's right sitting next to it. maybe it's around us i mean you know i mean i know i'm kind of getting off subject here but just the idea of the way we think and how we what we think about uh on a daily basis maybe we're just not thinking about enough like greer said you kind of uh you have to get into a certain state and you have to be welcoming and you have to actually want it with good intentions want to engage maybe we're even if we want to maybe we're just not there yet uh you you I, i'm even like making little notes where you're talking more just to kind of jump back to what you were saying uh, in terms of foresight right and uh you were talking about how like maybe the aliens that they don't want to like either come here because maybe we're not as evolved or they see us kind of as ants but i think with these kinds of discussions that we're having with these kinds of documentaries with uh, UFO information being now uh, so mainstream and not really a shock to us. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I said, with these documentaries, with the government admitting it, yes, we've had dealings with UFOs. Uh, it, it is expanding our brain and the way our, the plasticity I've heard in our brains, the way it works is like it's kind of like a, a, a plastic bag. Like once it's stretched, it doesn't go back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So going back to that example you were talking about, about, and it's funny because I saw Apocalypto maybe like like a month ago and the ending of Apocalypto, the Mel Gibson movie, which is fantastic, by the way. I think it's on Amazon Prime. It's like maybe like 10 or 12 years old. Uh, yeah. Like you see the natives, like they are making contact. The way the movie is like part of the ending, spoiler alert, 10-year-old yeah. movie. But part of the ending is them. Uh, hey, what's up, Regina Michelle? Definitely. Thank you so much. And uh is is them like seeing the boats coming onto their island yeah and like you know like they're making contact with these uh, these outsiders that they've never seen before the strange clothes these strange boats you know what i'm saying yeah so definitely. uh whereas you were saying uh this foresight our brains are expanding by us even having this conversation a hey, blood sweat and cell what's up uh yeah. our uh you know, by us having this conversation, by seeing these kinds of documentaries, uh, like we are expanding. Like if a UFO was to come by your house right now 
it wouldn't super shock you. Because like, yeah. like, for the fact that we're alone sharing this kind of information, it's already opened your mind a little bit more to like, this is not super strange. It would be like cr crazy, you know what I mean? But you wouldn't be like, I've never seen this before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also um, the big thing that I wanted to get into is vision. Uh, like yep. you were talking about it. And this is like the thing that personally appealed to me. Yeah. Um, when he talks about kind of like a meditative state, he talked about also, Dr. Greer talked about how the cosmos and the universe are inside of each one of us. Like there's so much in there inside of us that, and like I've said this before in our last um, UFO episode, how what we envision for ourselves or how we think we look is how we live. You know what I'm saying? In the sense of like, if I envision myself that I do podcasts with Mo, I'm a podcaster, that I'm a podcaster. You know what I'm saying? And it's just not, I'm not trying to get into the secret or get too woo woo, but uh, the way we envision ourselves is the way that we are. You know, the way that we picture ourselves in our mind is the way that we live our lives. You know what I'm saying? And it yeah. just got me thinking into terms of like the thing I'm always working on are my bad habits. So like, if I really kind of like when those bad habits are starting to flare up, like what if I just sat down and used kind of like the CE5 protocol but to myself and just like really sat down, meditated, got quiet and just figured out like what's going on? Like why am I feeling this urge to like engage in these bad behaviors? And yeah. I, that, I just found that fascinating. But what happens is in these CE5 meetings, like it's a bunch of individuals getting together and yeah. putting this collective conscious together to go ahead and make contact with these aliens, putting these good vibes together. And the more and more people are doing that, like they're seeing these things and they're documenting these things. Like they're not just saying that they're doing it, but there's evidence of it. You know what I'm saying? That we see in this documentary. So uh, I just found that particularly and personally fascinating that uh, in terms of like, if I have a vision to do something like, and it materializes, this is the thing, like I've talked about this before, uh, that is so threatening to maybe the powers that be or to uh, some like to people that just maybe they get stuck in like what the world tells them, what society tells them. Like, I can't be more than what I am. But like when you envision these things and you work towards these things, these things materialize that this is one of the most powerful things that us as human beings can do. And this is how we're making contact with these aliens through these CE5 protocols. That's how someone who uh, they think that they can't do something, that they end up doing it, that maybe somebody who's in a wheelchair is stuck and they envision that they, you know, over and over again, that they can possibly walk or even just get up out of the wheelchair. And yep. they do. You know what I'm saying? So this is what I'm kind of talking about. I'm going to go more into that more, but I, I've been talking so much. No, no, no. I thought of a lot of things when you were just talking, actually. And it's funny you brought up the secret because I kind of thought about that a little a little bit when where was talking about wasn't this i think what he was trying to say was that yeah there's a lot of stuff out there but the problem is that we're looking straight up as opposed to looking within and i mean whatever you believe whatever you don't believe i think one kind of unifying um theme throughout you know religion throughout you know philosophy um you know spiritualism is the kind of the idea of oneness so I think that's what he was trying to get at. It's kind of like until you can kind of take all the other stuff out and you kind of just focus on yourself and whatever you're trying to do and just, just remember that it's kind of like it's all this is all one thing. 
you know, maybe you're in two different places, you know, you know, light years away, who knows, but, um, and I, I, as you know, with me, everything relates to TV and movies. So I, I don't know why I thought of like men in black. I think it's part two. I don't know if you've seen that or not, but I, I think I'm getting, I think I'm getting the right movie. And the whole point is there's this little tiny little orb or whatever it is. And it's within, it's like a tiny little thing within. And that's the entire that was the secret, and it's similar to like the universe. Uh, like, like that, uh, it was like it was like in this cat toy or something like that. Yeah. Like the entire universe was like they were hiding it inside this like small. Uh, I, like I said, I think it was an earring or a cat toy or something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. So okay, I did get it right then. And then similar theories and like uh, themes are like in you know, Transformers. You know, the whole I forget what they call it, but you know. Um, but yeah, so the idea of oneness and that it's not necessarily like, oh no, you know, you got to get, you know, you know, the, you know, the, the giant, you know, not the Borg, it's not the, you know, a Millennium Falcon. It's yeah, it's, not, it's like it's not outside, it's inside. Exactly, exactly. And I think that was what his his main point to that was that a lot of times, especially what scares like governmental organizations, all that, and kind of he kind of alluded that making them making everyone aware that you know it's not out there it's in here even if you're just talking like you said meditating you're just thinking about your own daily thoughts your own daily things your own your own vices getting over those how to get over those that time so i think it, when you talk about ufos in a sense we're actually kind of talking about our sense ourselves and our daily you know our good and our bad and all that i mean the idea of contacts, I should say, is talking about our contact with our daily, you know, other people, our daily uh, things that we do on a daily basis, as opposed to this big, you know, Elon Musk is going to send us in a, a space rocket, uh, you know, that type of thing. But I digress. So, um, I mean, in terms, of, like I said, everything goes back to movies and TV shows with me. But um, I no, think that's that, okay. I, I'm the same. I'm the same. Definitely. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, the one of the final points that the movie makes, and I found this super fascinating. Uh, cool. In the movie, they talk about this device that can measure uh, one's consciousness, like a number generator, or a number generator, or like it's a, it's something that, if you think about it, like it generates like a like a, it was a globe, it was like a light, and but it was called a number generator for some reason, but. The, the test or the example that they gave in the documentary is kind of like this light that's connected to this device that's connected to you that you can kind of guess, a, you can think of a color or you can think of a, you can think of an image and like the light becomes that color. Uh, yep. Like one of the example given in the movie, like I said, this can all be super doctored. So, you know, the doctor, Stephen Greer gave this, you know, there was this example where he thought of a sunset and like this, this device, it turned orange, you know what I'm saying? Like thinking sunset, you know, thinking like, you know, the color of a sunset basically. Yeah, yeah. But the the really fascinating thing is uh, in the documentary, they talk about how in world events, how collective consciousness was measured using this device. And this device was put in many different places around the world and it's spiking, like in terms of measuring, uh, collective consciousness like when princess diana was killed or during 9 11 and like basically everybody together 
thinking some similar thoughts, feeling a similar energy, and this is being measured, and they show graphs, and it's showing it peaking, and I found that fascinating because it, it goes back to, like I said, the power of the majority thinking one particular thought or feeling one particular thought, and that I found completely fascinating because it makes one think, like, you know, if, if that can be measured, like, what other ability can the collective conscious do? You know what I'm saying? Like, what Absolutely. other uh, what other power, uh, like, the great power that can emerge from this, like, what other thing can a collective conscious, uh, you know, accomplish? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, and that's actually, it's funny that you say that about Princess Diana. I can't remember the guy's name. I'm thinking it was in the 90s. There was actually, he's like a British, I don't know what he was, like, not a... Uh, he wasn't a, he wasn't really a spiritual person. I don't know if he was a, a celebrity or whatever. His whole thing was power of positive thinking and how we can bring the country together by all thinking a certain thing at a certain time. And I, I cannot remember his name. This is a long time ago. But exactly what you're saying, though. And I, I believe, like I just looked it up, the power of positive thinking. Um, was it Norman Vincent Peale? So it was what from the fifties, nineteen. It's a book, isn't that a book? Yeah, it's a book, book. self-help book, one of the earlier self-help books. So I mean, and this just one ideal is what a lot of self-help gurus or whatever you want to call them today, based like Tony Robbins, like he has his walk. I mean, I haven't been there, but I've seen people talk about one of the first things they do, or I don't know if it's first or the last thing they walk through the fire, you know, the hot coals or whatever. And it's all about, you know, can you get through it? Can you break that mental block? Just do it. So, um, I, yeah, I, I'm not, sh I think there's a lot to it. And it, I don't think it's as simple as that. Um, no, that, I, I agree with you, Mo. Like, I think, uh, uh, like I said, my biggest takeaway from this documentary, of course, we were talking about UFOs, but visualization. Yeah. And I'm not saying the secret where, like, if you visualize, you're going to own a Lamborghini, you will. But, visualization in the sense of like if you want to improve yourself in a particular area and you start to envision it like you get a vision board or like you're writing about it often and you're like taking even one step a day towards that goal like yeah. things will start to happen things will start to change you know what i'm saying because you're being active in making this vision become a reality like i want to lose weight like i, I want to like get over my vices and i'm just working 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 and if you like if you're documenting this progress you're going to see a change. And I just think that that's the power of visualization. Uh, yeah. and, and like I said, the power of visualization is like the under, uh, is like the underlying theme of this documentary because um, had Dr. Stephen Greer not gone ahead and made these CE5 protocols or even this documentary was crowdfunded. So meaning like people put money together to make this thing happen. Like, so there's this energy, there's this force to get this information out into the world, to get this protocol out to people all over the world so that they can make contact. And with their testimonials, it just makes things grow even more. And I mean, that's that even goes for any kind of entrepreneurial business. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it just kind of like putting the vision forward and making that vision into a reality by just taking small and consistent action. And I, like I said, I just think that that is super powerful, you know? And I think the example I gave the last time, like, Mo, you know, like you've envisioned like having your family, you envisioned having the house that you live in, living where you live at, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, or maybe you just kind of like went into it, but your surroundings 
are made by you and what you envision. The same with me. Like you see all this kind of stuff behind me. Like I wanted to have like a room with, that looks cool. Like while I'm streaming and stuff like that. So slowly and surely I'm buying things. I'm organizing things the way that I want so they can, in the way my mind's eye is seeing things, I want to make that the reality. Like I said, I just think that we undermine ourselves because we just kind kind of going what the TV tells us, what social media tells us, where we are in life. But we are just so much more powerful in the sense of accomplishing things that we want to accomplish. If we just maybe disconnected from that more and just visualize more, meditated more, and work towards the things that we want to work towards, we're not going to be billionaires or nothing like that. But if we can have better health, that we can have, uh, if we can accomplish our goals, if we can go towards the things that scare us, I just think. Every day, and people like you and I will be the happier for it. Absolutely. And whether it's, you know, some people are religious, some people are not, some people are spiritual, some people are not. All of this stuff, I think, like you said, incremental baby steps moves you towards whatever goals you have. A lot of the stuff, like you said, it kind of you fall into, it just happens, you know, randomly on a Tuesday, we'll be talking about something. And it can be totally scripted. So, you know, you've got a planned, the rest of the day can be 100% planned. I'm going to do this, 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 and this so I can get to this goal. So I think that's a big part of what was talked about in this documentary, actually. I, I, I think he kind of talked about, he, he organized. And what I liked about this and the previous podcast, too, is that the the assessments that they came to, the the final conclusions that they came to were based on practical thought, whether you believe it or not, but, and testing of those thoughts. And, you know, it's real kind of scientific work in a sense over time and incrementally. And now, I mean, there's people all over the world using the CE5, whether you believe it or not, maybe whether it's a hoax or not, you know, check out the documentary for yourself. Don't even take it from us. You know? Absolutely. Uh, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind on Amazon Prime. And it's also for free on Tubi. Like if you don't want to pay for an Amazon Prime subscription, you can watch it on Tubi. Uh, it probably has ads, but uh, yeah, you can watch it for free on Tubi. And, you know, Mo, you just said something that this really, um, I wanted to lean in on. Uh, you were talking about like kind of, like you just said something right now that just activated this in my mind. Um, the power of consciousness and uh, sometimes, and this is will be a whole other podcast, which I'd be fascinated to do, but the power of dreams and like, um, I'm sure maybe this has happened to you, maybe it hasn't, but like maybe you saw something in a dream that came to pass later in your life. Like, wow, I just kind of having like this very deja vu. Like, so there is a whole power and the that uncon that that unconscious mind when you go to sleep, yeah, which is fascinating. And I mean, one of the things that he talks about in the documentary is astral proje projection. Like when you see yourself kind of floating over, like like flying. Um, in your dreams, teleportation, uh, projection, and all these abilities that are not 100%, that are still kind of locked in their brain that are more prevalent in other people than there are in others, a telepathy. Um, but so many of these things, like when we go to sleep, become like this wild soup of a movie of like these things that you never thought, that you never think, of course, that you can do in real life, but you can yeah. do in this. And it's all like, like I said, I find it super fascinating. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So uh, even that whole thing of deja vu, like I said to you in a, a moment ago, Mo, like what yeah. does that mean? Where does that come from? Is that some ability for us to even see in the future? You know what I'm saying? That is just super dormant in our mind. 
so um, yeah, uh, like I said, that unconscious brain, especially when you go to sleep, which is hand in hand with that meditative state, is incredibly powerful. And there's things there that we have not even like fully discovered that I'm pretty sure in our lifetime, like with more research and into meditation that will come to pass. It's, I always think of it like, you know, let's say you're eating a jar of peanut butter and you got a scooper and like you're at the very end and you're still like kind of scooping like the rest of that's in there. Like, I just don't think that we've scooped all the way into that peanut butter jar and like gotten to like the other stuff that's available to us in I our mind and our brain at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 so my goal is to make you hungry every time. You know? There you go. There you go. So we're pushing up on the hour mark, and I would go on his his topic right there. His uh, literally is a whole podcast episode, which we'll probably touch on. Because to answer your question, yes, there's there's totally stuff that I I have had in the dream, and it seems like it comes true after the fact. But we'll touch on that in the future. But before we go, let everyone know where they can find you again and all that good stuff. Definitely, Mo. Uh, thank you once again for inviting me onto the podcast. Uh, my name is Paul V. Perez. You can find my podcast at improveandhavefun.com, where I work on improving myself while having fun along the way with the hopes of encouraging others to do the same by documenting my life and interest. And I just thank everyone who tuned in, who's going to be listening to us later. And uh, please uh, contact Mo and if you have any comments, thoughts, comment on this video. Have you seen this on YouTube? Or I don't know if you leave a link, Mo, where people can like find a place to comment. Yeah, but uh, yeah, please comment. Let's have a conversation regarding this topic, definitely, or any of your thoughts, most definitely. Absolutely. Let us comment. And, you know, even if you disagree with 100 us 100%, that's good, too. Because, like I said, this is stuff we talk about. And it's not necessarily that we 100% even believe in it. I kind of like the idea of talking about stuff that I don't kind of agree with or I don't really understand or I don't, you know, like, what is that? Okay, what, what are you talking about? So that's cool to talk about, too. So if, you, if you're in that, you know, if that's you, let us know. Uh, if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about, let us know, too. And I'm going to leave um, Paul's link down in the comment section and the, in the show notes, too. And if you want to check out uh, any of the other uh, podcasts that I have, you can check out Resell Niche on wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube as well. Yeah, check out check out our last UFO podcast that we did. Like I said, we did it like a few weeks ago. It's super, it goes hand in hand with this. We did a Flat Earth podcast that goes hand in hand as well with all this. So there's like three podcasts uh, with this one included that you can listen to that gives you like a, a, a full spectrum of kind of what we're talking about here most definitely. Thank you, January House. Thank you, January House. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. And yeah, so until the next one, um, um, this is Mo and for Paul. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening to the Reseller Niche Podcast. Show notes and social media links are located at resellerniche.com. Please comment, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes or YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts.